0: hey sisters welcome back i'm Lori, and i am michelle this is a continuation of our bonus add-on videos of new things that we've learned when we came through studying matthew as we studied through mark and john so again if you're following us on our current youtube channel we've already shared matthew and mark and now we're through john but we started a podcast and a rumble where we are starting to share our Bible studies then, so we started back at Matthew. So as we're doing that, as I was like editing and fixing them up a little bit to reshare them, I'm like, Lori, we've learned some new things we need to share, and so that's what we're doing that's here. What this is. Things Lord, and I are still trying to talk through ourselves and wrestle with and truly come to understanding. Like we say in a lot of our videos, we don't claim to know everything, we're just sharing an honest journey of where we started new things we've learned and this is where we're at now. So bear that in mind as well. So we're going to break this up here. We're focusing on just gonna, this for this video on chapter five. and then we're going to follow up with chapter six and seven because it's mainly around these teaching of Jesus that new things are just totally just shifted more nice like, oh, okay. That makes better sense, to be honest, not saying the other stuff was wrong. But I do feel like it's important to really making sure you're understanding truly what the original audience and the words and the overall fit into the God story meant. And we feel these uh, teachers that taught us, that do have a little bit more of a Jewish background understanding, helped us see. So we hope this blesses you. Before we begin, we're going to say a prayer. Join along with us.
1: Dear Gracious self Sovereign Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for helping us to continue to have knowledge of you, help us to grow in our knowledge of you as we all gather here together. Lord, help Michelle and I again to speak truth, wisdom with grace, love and mercy. Lord, open all of our eyes to see you even deeper in today's reading and today's text more than we ever have before. Holy Spirit, guide us today. Touch our hearts. We pray that this Bible study, this continuation of studying Matthew deeper, um, is a blessing to everybody watching and joining along with us. Thank you for all that you do for us, Jesus. We love you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll link all of our resource over on our blog, and you can go further research. And
0: if you have anything that cool that you found studying these that you thought was really interesting, please make sure you message Lori and I over on our Instagram. Uh, please share it with us. We're always willing to learn new things. We don't ever claim, again, to say that we understand everything 100% completely. We're still learning and growing.
1: And that's why we hope this journey of us reflecting a little bit more on the things that we've learned about, Matthew, that you see us, that we had a first round, but then you just keep diving deeper into the text. Yeah, this means always coming
0: humbly to the text. And having the Lord work through you and of course we can all help each other learn as we grow that's also the importance of community. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's dive into the text just high level and I, I must admit I studied this some about is there chiasms here in the in the beatitude specifically then also just in generally which I believe we looked at the amount. same chiasm sites we've been using for yeah John and-, and they were very interesting stuff too but one site said also you can see that Matthew is all of the gospel writers there everything is very thoughtfully and carefully laid out and you've we've already seen that a lot through Matthew and how he's specifically laying out his story of who Jesus is. He is the promised Messiah and really getting across this idea of what is kingdom and what is kingdom living and how did Jesus bring kingdom. So you really see a lot of that here already and then going into dive deeper here. Before we finish that
0: how we ended the previous one we talked a lot of previous other bonus one that we did I'll link it up below when we also talked about the magi and things we also bring ended that one really talking about the kingdom because that is what you see here and the all the gospels are showing that there's a new king that's what gospel is and
1: there's a new kingdom and jesus is showing that this is the way to be part of it and to be of it that's heavily i feel like on matthews all of the gospel writers mind as they're writing their gospels yes. is really portraying Jesus is the king. There's a new kingdom. That's the good news. And here, let me tell you about his kingdom. And there's obviously
0: more of the good news, all that Jesus did for us in the cross yes. and resurrection. We're not taking that away. That's definitely a big part of it. But I, but I just want to... This wanna, is too. I think yes. a lot of
1: people overlook the kingdom, kingdom life. Kingdom and what we're called to do as followers of Christ. Shalom I neglected. Yeah. And still are still trying to
0: learn. Are we living kingdom life yeah. and stuff? Yeah, still a so. learning process. <laughs> but one thing I just bring this up is I do want to mention, even though, Lord, I do believe Jesus brought the kingdom, ushered in and not you know it's not complete it's still work to be done and that is up to god and and things like that but i there's a sense that we believe that there is the kingdom is present here now. God is calling people to help work with them to you know restore his world and there will be a final moment of the kingdom when it's all done. It started with Jesus and all that he did and he's that's why the way I feel we talk about kingdom so much is bring up but he wants us to partner with us. Nothing's changed since the garden. He wanted to partner with
1: humans then and he still wants to partner with us now. And he partnered with the Israelites. Oh that's a side note. Yeah I agree with that. And I feel like that's key part of of Matthew, and as well as a key part of Matthew, even through the Beatitudes I learned, I'll share in in a little bit later in the uh, video today, is that a lot of these Beatitudes would would have been hinting to the Jewish audience, hey, this is Messiah. Mm -hmm. Messiah, this is something that was talked about for the Messiah, so, I think again goes back to uh, Matthew, it's very carefully organized it. And there is I guess a pattern, some of the, some be- better scholars than Michelle and I have kind of fallen into the chiasms and stuff. Remember the word beatitude from a Latin word means means happy, which I'm not even sure if I really like that translation. But Another way was like fortunate um, or like this deeper inner joy in a way. Well, I don't know. Uh, how, how Marty phrased
0: it, said he views it as God's favor, God's favor is among these type of fevers, God's favors among
1: this. Yeah, I don't even know, like the like the word so, happy for this translation idea, or just I yeah, just this yeah, favor deeper deeper joy. Um, but you do see, uh, chiasm. Um, this one site said verses six and seven being the middle, which both utilize it. Told uh, on the site, future divine passive. So that was something I kind of sat with more too, and then also first beatitude in verse three, and the last one, the eighth one. All have the same promise and both of them say for the kingdom of heaven is theirs in verse 3 mm-hmm. and then again in verse 10 which is a little bit different than the ones in between so there's a beginning and an end type of thing so i like kind of sitting with that what is this for the kingdom of heaven is theirs like really sitting with that what is matthew trying to get across who Jesus is teaching there? All the other ones you notice they're in present tense as well. What's I mean that present? Site, the present tense is he- that heaven part for the kingdom of heaven oh, is there. there. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. that's the present tense. So that's just something. Yeah, essentially because blessings are and then is there? So yeah, that's interesting. Next thing, although another site brought up up there. There could be seen as two groups: the first four and then the last. Eight. So the first four beatitudes really focus on emphasizing our vertical relationship with God. Beatitudes five through eight. Uh, really focusing on the horizontal relationship with people, which hits me deeper now. Actually, saying that because after some of the study Michelle and I did with J- Matt, studying this Matthew more, that's all what it's about. You mm. sisters reminding, yes, it's God. God wants this, but He also wants this with all of us. Mm. Really seeing that vertical and horizontal, like, and that's yep. how it's always been. God created, He's the creator, but He created the humans, which is like significance in Genesis this beautiful relationship to, to work together. But then he also said, the man shall not be alone. Yep. The, so it's just, it is beautiful and it right. is is needed. And as mm-hmm. Michelle and I studied these Beatitudes with a different light, we saw more of that, that mm-hmm. that's, that's what Jesus yep. is calling his kingdom to be different and to be set apart, which is what the whole Israelites in the Old Testament was supposed to be. Remember this is one big story continued on so continuing on the story from the old testament into the new testament and it's the same so. god in the old testament the same god that's here present in the new testament so again you, i see and i think michelle and i agree we see that the kingdom is is here jesus said yeah. the kingdom of god is that's here. what we talked about earlier yeah. you know it's not some future thing at least that's what we've said at least that's what i and when i look at the text that's what i feel matthew was really trying to portray that the, the kingdom is here jesus brought it Let me remind you of that. So um, remember they're not all acting as individual functions. They're all like continually going off at one another. And that's kind of like the whole Sermon on the Mount, which we learned even deeper. And that was really, really cool to see. But you can see a lot of it's humility, gentleness, generosity, forgiveness. These are some big key things you see, but knowing it's also going to be tough. As you said there, he ends with the persecution one. Yeah, blessed are those that assault so, you
0: and persecute you and falsely say evil kind things against you because of me. Rejoice! Yes. We talked
1: about that in our original so one So knowing about that you live in God's kingdom in, in the ways that we are called to live in his kingdom, just know that it's gonna be difficult. Yeah, kind of looking yeah. deeper in the Beatitudes, blessed, you know, the poor in spirit is kind of the, the language there, poor in spirit. So I learned as I dove deeper into really trying to, again, understand more deeply what these really kind of meant from a different, um, we'll use Michelle's a little bit more from a Jewish perspective. And so this one site I found is just mentioning about poor is derived from a word that means to crouch as a helpless beggar, giving image of someone in total dependent on others for help the poor in spirit i guess is also something that can be found in isaiah 61 verse one are those who are painfully aware of their exile and need for help from god when we are emptied ourselves free of pride and able to seek the truth in humility and realizing it's an ongoing state of dependency depending on god for your daily miracle so i think that's we're trying to get across like the poor in spirit is that, like you're just ongoing dependency on, on God. But it also can mean recognition by the person that they can do nothing to qualify for the kingdom of God. Pretty mm-hmm. significant to Matthew's theme of gospel. I mean, what does it mean to be in the kingdom? What does it mean to be out of the kingdom? So I guess it's poor in spirit that you realize that you have nothing to qualify to, to be in the kingdom of God in a way. And po- poor because they bring nothing to the table, yet rich because This is the way God wants us to come to him at the same time, which I just find so beautiful. There's nothing we can bring to the table, but yet that's the greatest news ever at the same time because that's exactly what God wants us to realize. We have nothing to bring. He's doing it all type of thing, and I love that. And the idea, this idea of emptying yourself to him is also the idea of trusting in him, which I know Marty talks a lot about that idea, tying it back to the very first chapter of trusting in Jesus, trusting in God, trusting in the story, trusting, trusting, and you kind of see that played out through the gospel, which I find beautiful. And you can also see this poor in spirit as a contrast maybe to the Pharisees who were very um, self-righteous. And 4 verse 4, those who mourn, Um, It's also seen as like be comforted. I have notes on that I learned. The Jewish people were aware of the prophecies concerning the Messiah. In Isaiah, the prophecy that the days of mourning will be over, mourning will be encouraged as the Messiah takes the throne. A lot of Isaiah's, Isaiah Mm. 60, 20 through 22 and other parts in Isaiah that I guess carry the same type of theme in it is Isaiah 60. A lot of Isaiah 61 verses one through three, Isaiah 61, four through seven, Isaiah 66, 10 through 13. Isaiah verses 666, verses 14 through 20, and Isaiah seven uh, 6, chapter 66, verse 17, I guess all kind of carry this theme of the morning, the morning will be over and the Messiah. So again, this is a Jewish audience. They know their Torah, especially uh, their prophets and stuff. So that was probably really hanging home, like, oh, this is Messiah type. Messiah, remember Isaiah is talking about there will be no morning. Yeah, and there's
0: always this promise, hope of restoration when the Messiah came. And I think Matthew's trying to tying it in like,
1: This is the time to see he's here. Yeah, I may note, so Jesus here by saying this, uh, those who will be mourning, be comforted. So Jesus here presenting himself as the Messiah who will restore the Torah to the land. So another article that I read, they worded it this way. One of the purposes of Jesus's ministry was to fulfill this beatitude by bestowing the gift of the comforter. Who's that? (laughs) The Holy Spirit. Yeah, To help us, right? His Holy Spirit upon his believers. So proclaiming blessings of comfort to, to those that mourn is the fulfillment of Isaiah, what I said before, uh, 61, by God coming in the flesh. So I just think, again, that would have really been hitting to not only to the disciples that were listening, but possibly also to the crowd around them. It is a mixed audience, but also I think there's a lot of Jewish people there. And when I look at these, again, like studying them deeper with Michelle and like this, I really just they this hit me different. These yeah. Beatitudes and yeah. the whole message here. Five, the humble or meek. Those, are, again, they're gentle ones. It says they were here at the earth. So when I studied that one deeper, I learned that Jesus is pretty much quoting the Old Testament Psalms uh, 37 verse 11. And that passage is a lot about the Messiah and Jesus. This is a declaration that he is that promised Messiah who has come to reclaim his land, not as a warrior, but as a meek and gentle servant of the people which I just find, beautiful. Be, so again, we sometimes put these all on ourselves. Yes, yeah. we should be, have similar qualities because we're is, supposed to be like yeah. Jesus, but I like how just sitting with all these that I and learned more. helping
0: bring this kingdom in.
1: You're stuff. seeing Jesus saying, hey, you remember all these? I'm, I'm here, I'm doing it. Watch, you know, yeah. be a part of it. Would be seeing and we're thinking Messiah too and hearing some of these terms. So I, I like knowing and sitting with that. Uh, the next beatitude about righteousness, justice. I learned that that's also a quote from Isaiah 55 and points to the Messiah. Isaiah talks a lot about the, the promised Messiah restoring Israel, a promise of the abundant grace that the Messiah will bring with him, which is a lot you see that's what Jesus did a lot he he went to the Jewish people first then to the Gentiles and they also he brought a lot of grace he says that's what I saw when I read through at least what we've read through Matthew Mark and as we're reading through John um, lots of grace the grace upon grace which is in John so sitting with that deeper I also made note that I learned um, that the Jewish people knew what he what when he said this they knew that he was claiming to be the holy one predicted in isaiah 55. now the next beatitude talks about those who are merciful so kind of like what does that mean um, so I, I learned that there's like a surface level so jews as a nation from the beginning uh, god gave the jews a special blessing for taking care of the strangers the poor the widows and yet the afflicted But then if you go deeper into that meaning mercy according to the original language carries more of the idea that we are we are to call what we nowadays call grace. This is an undeserving favor that is bestowed on someone. Also the word used in passage uh, from like the Old Testament would be the word loving kindness. So Jesus is the merciful grace giving Messiah that was prophesized. So again, this whole idea, all these key words that Jesus is saying is probably definitely hitting his audience. All these different levels. The issue was that God was bestowing grace on the people, however, the people were not keeping Torah. This changes with the new covenant. So many claims in the Old Testament about this new covenant, like Jeremiah 31, Isaiah 54. The Messiah was prophesied to be abundant in his loving kindness and mercy. Like I said before, you see that in all the Gospels, He was to be their salvation. Isaiah 63 and the new heart learned about in Jeremiah. So when Jesus spoke to Jewish people about those who give mercy will receive mercy, it was a clear reference to the prophesied Messiah. So sometimes that we miss this deeper meaning because we are so focused. So much of us are focused on the surface level, and that's a lot of times what this stuff has been preached over and over the years. So of course certain people teach these Beatitudes a certain way and those in general are still probably good messages but I really like seeing these differently of how they might have been reading tomes differently to the original audience about Messiah talk and how one thing that Matthew was trying to do was to show the Jewish people Jesus was the promised Messiah like look how he started it with the genealogies and all these key things he's been doing so I feel like also these Beatitudes at the start are really reminding him hey he is this promised messiah remember all these these ideas from the old testament well here i am jesus bringing it but i know, think it's also it. important
0: to remember that they some who i've learned a few articles of and i said some of it i'm still trying to understand how they see it but yeah how some jews don't see jesus as the messiah and one of them it was being that he didn't bring about peace and so it goes back to i think looking at how Matthew's like the kingdom uh, the kingdom of heaven is like that showing his disciples like even earlier like it was showing a mix of people galilee the decapolis these are jerusalem and judea like all people that don't normally get along they're all coming over to hear jesus so in a sense he did bring about this unique approach to, a, to the kingdom. to bring people from all over which was been always been god's attention is to bring all nations together so something i just i i'm and disabled i still trying to say with myself yeah. it's like maybe some of this is also to remind them that god's kingdom is like this yeah they had one way maybe they thought and they're only focusing on one part of it and it's like no it's all of these things
1: was maybe? it like the, like jesus did all these things too so it also me also shows that he was the messiah he did mm-hmm. all these things in a way too so i like kind of like that yeah. so i just made note like the Jewish people listening were probably on full attention alert. Like bells ringing in their heads, like, wait a minute, I've heard that before. That's a thing we've been looking for in the Messiah. And here's this guy talking about it here on a mountain, very Mm -hmm. similar to Moses. So anyway, I I like all those, sitting with those, all those things deeper. So I just like in the words of God. Yeah, you know? like I love yeah. seeing how the Beatitudes pointed to Jesus on Messiah and Matthew was trying to show that as the Jewish people were listening, they knew these weren't just random truths that he was carrying out. They all carry such deep meaning to them. Jesus is pointing at each prophecy concerning the Messiah and kingdom, right? Then moving down to the next one, pure in heart. So some things that I learned from studying that different, what look, what's this whole pure in heart thing towards the Jewish people and to Jesus? And uh, I learned that there's it could be an idea from the ceremonial clean heart. There's a storm coming, so our natural light is, is fading. Trying to out. Lose Has, it. Um, Jesus made as possible for all Jews and Gentiles to be pure in heart. Again, goes back to what I said earlier that the new covenant, Jeremiah, or the we're all all going to get a new heart when we believe in Jesus with the Holy Spirit. So this, all of us having a pure heart, is made possible through Jesus. And I, just, I like sitting with that deeper as well, the gift that He gave us. Um, and also Psalm 51, 10 through 12, can be another cross reference. We can't enter the presence of God without being ceremonially pure of heart. Jesus, as the Messiah, made it possible for each of us to be pure in heart again showing us that he is the messiah the promised one like he that's what he ushered in afterwards we were, when he went away to be on the sentence to the right hand of god the holy spirit came we get that pure heart that new heart under mm-hmm. jesus in jesus by jesus and jesus ushered it in and i just like really sitting with that deeper that's something i've never really I heard before anybody else speech when i read this and studied this and i was like that's really interesting to sit with is that maybe more what matthew was getting at with all these beatitudes it's jesus the messiah he's doing it he's fulfilling it kingdom is here watch look what he's doing and then the peacemaker one blessed are the peacemakers um again this idea i guess a lot can be again in isaiah's isaiah 57 and a lot of in isaiah 60 talk a lot about this peace so maybe something jesus is saying and could be alerting to maybe the fulfillment of some of those uh prophecies in isaiah also, Michelle and I, I know, talked about this idea, we learned a lot too from Marty, um, is this idea of shalom, this high level, deeper level of shalom, this peace. And yeah, so, I think it was in our previous one,
0: at the end of it as well, when we talked about the kingdom, is you're good with God, you're good with others, and you're good with
1: creation. It was like this triangle. Yeah, it was effect. really beautifully done. So I just made note too, so God promised the Messiah will impact a covenant of shalom, this peace. So, Ezekiel 37 talks about it, Ezekiel 34, and 1 Kings 2, 33 talks about it. This messianic prophecy looked forward to the day that the Messiah would bring Shalom to the house of Israel. So, when Jesus spoke this, he was talking about the Messiah. So, I know you said some of the Jews don't see that Jesus ushered in the peace, and I can I can see where they might have some difficulty with that, but i just seeing that, like, how he talked about, and Jesus almost fulfilled each and every one of these Well, that's attitudes. what I'm saying. So, I it's think- like he's saying the messiah is bringing peace i am the messiah i'm bringing grace i am bringing mercy i'm going to go to the cross for all of you to die for your sins you don't have you know i just feel well, like, i think i think it's also that i said. i feel like matthew's trying to jesus
0: used what jesus taught him it's like this is what kingdom really is going to look like it's it's different right. than maybe so i think it's like that they have be peaceful focus on you know? just the messiah this is what you know So few things he's going to do and, and,
1: and i know there's other reasons Yeah, um, but that's just i know something Sean, i that's just adding into our discussion, Michelle, the side note, we, we discussed that a lot on, yeah. the, on the side about it's this whole Trying to understand that. We yeah, do. Yeah. We want to understand it better. And then the last bit there about being persecuted for righteousness. Here, the reference to Messiah and the reference to those who stand firm in the times of trouble. Obviously, was going to be definitely for Jesus definitely for his apostles right there and then i'll say to the rest of us kingdom stand firm in the times of trouble the yes idea again of blessed it's better to see as honor or being honorable same back and verse but we talked before the the connection here this is also still in present tense which is interesting to sit with they are state of being that's happening in the present so it's almost again like jesus did bring kingdom because a lot of these things are in the present moments like see these verses and i see the kingdom is here if we all really sit deeper to what is kingdom what is his kingdom living, living, how are we supposed to be set apart from the rest of the world more deeply than sometimes? I, I know, I at least for me have done before. I'm trying to get better at that. And this going back through this study with Michelle and looking at these different deeper. Has, has helped me deeper in that understanding of yeah. kingdom living. What did Jesus bring? What type of kingdom did Jesus bring? What's this gospel, this good news, this new king on board and his new kingdom and how his kingdom is run based off also a lot of these principles, which yeah. I like sitting with this as well. And you can definitely see here that it states that they're the one persecuted is going to be honorable, double honorable. He says it twice, doesn't there Something because mm-hmm. like, he says, and he'll be happy about it, be glad there's a reward. So that's interesting to sit with, right? Yeah. The one persecuted carries with him the culmination of the entire six preceding principles i see them like can they all kind of like build off another and jesus flips the entire messianic thought from focusing on the messianic prophecies verses one through nine to the present tense here the messiah will be persecuted but so will you jesus is claiming to be the one who is persecuted therefore must be the messiah so these verses again you can see as i talked earlier about acaiism as a chiasm, these verses would complement each other, like 3 complements verse 11, 4 complements verse 10, 5 complements verse 9, 6 complements verse 8. And the central idea of being around this verse 7, again this idea that Messiah, I wrote, is the greatest of the grace. Yeah, and I remember 3 and the ending are like the start and the finish to it all, so I just... Last thing, and then I know Michelle wants to share what she's learned, um, but Matthew's audience would know to receive and to look for these pattern structures. Like again, we kind of, when we, had a, we first read it, we had no idea oh. we'd be looking for these pattern structures, but that was... I mean, it was thought, like, oh, it's
0: interesting, it all starts the same, there's similar yeah, so lines I knew there must have been something. It. So it is yeah. fun to go
1: back and look for it deeper, but obviously his original audience, which we're learning from John too, they would have seen these patterns a lot quicker, a lot faster, and more deeply. So I like kind of sitting with that. And They knew, again, by how it was structured, that the application of the message transcended just learning about the messiah jesus as the messiah imparts his word on the hearts of men and the end result of this is that we illuminate his teachings through our lives us becoming more like our messiah
0: all right so we um I couldn't finish filming earlier so we're filming at night here so hopefully you guys we're gonna can...
1: get this yeah. done for
0: for you guys that's right <laughs> before we before i share a little bit more from what i learned from marty from the bama podcast he did share something how the end of chapter four ended and then it says at the end he was teaching preaching and healing, and all these areas all over. Different people, different areas coming over to just hear about Jesus. They're seeing what he's doing. And so he just mentioned that Matthew uh, quotes something from Isaiah chapter 9. And he said, again, that we've shared about before in some of our other Bible studies, the Rames type thing. And I think some other people mentioned like string of pearls, like different ways they would say something and they would know The rest of the meaning and everything else that's meant. So he he was just saying the Jewish people would understand the context of this Isaiah passage here. So it's that same idea that they had to learn lessons from the past, but now a new day is dawning. By Matthew putting this here, he's pretty much saying there's a new king. He's talking about Jesus, kind of presenting Jesus as a new king. There's his announcement of his new kingdom. So in a sense, there's like a new day is here. There's a new opportunity for them to be who God called them to be. My, now that I announced my kingdom is here, you know, we saw Jesus picked up off the theme of John the Baptist with repent, the kingdom is here. So now let me tell you what a kingdom is like. And then Marty said, so by the this, his disciples kind of seeing Okay, we got people from the capitalists the capitalists coming, people from Galilee, Jerusalem, it says beyond the Jordan. Martin's like they were probably kinda of thinking in their head like this. What's going on? It doesn't seem like what's yeah. And so he's like so it's, so Jesus says Matthew says he sees the crowd, calls the disciples, sits down, says, Okay. Let me teach you. Let me explain to you what the kingdom is going to be like. So I like sitting with that approach I too. I'm like, yeah. seeing like what they were seeing all these people come to Jesus. And it's like, but that's not who we thought would be in it. And that's remember the big theme of Matthew is people that you thought weren't in it are actually the ones in it. And he looked at it as the blessed, the favor of God on on the on the person is how he kind of looked at it as well. Oh, and one other thing, he just mentioned that most scholars don't think that Jesus shared all this chapter five through seven all here or the sermon on the mountain one setting. So say this is what Marty said. is actually a typical Eastern tool, I guess, that a Jewish audience would be familiar with. That is that you take one big. Like section and share all that you thought your rabbi taught you type of thing mm-hmm. phil matthew was pulling in jesus's teaching and weaving them into one big one like i said it, was, it would have been familiar the way of a tool i just used to make it sound like one teaching that represents jesus's ministry it was all about so he's pretty much saying matthew's saying this is what my rabbi my rabbi jesus taught there are some basic principles he believed we were guided to call to be so jesus is probably going over this stuff throughout, I mean, I think we talked about that before in other Bible studies. Like,
1: Similar things so this service. is generally
0: mainly what you would hear Jesus kind of talking about type of thing. He does not again mention that he does not feel this list here is something you would, we all aspire to be, which I know we think talked a little bit about that on our first one, that's why we wanted to do another one, is things we should definitely keep in mind, yeah, uh, for sure. But it's not like this is what God is definitely looking for, because I liked how he mentioned, he said, blessed are there first. God's blessing is already there for that person. So it's not saying like you have to be poor in spirit, than the blessing. You don't have to be go mourn to get God's blessing. So I thought that's just something to kind of like sit with. He also viewed it as, like I said, God's favor is on those people. God's favor is on the people that are poor in spirit god's favor is found on people who are mourning he recommended a book i i didn't get it and i don't have it but um, a dallas willard book the divine conspiracy said he he really thinks he does a good job kind of really going into explaining more of the beatitudes if this is something more that you want to read up on and stuff like that but and her he,
1: books her books oh uh, yes and not just they're just not just about the beatitudes but just generally generally jewish, jewish writing yeah, yeah like i think understand understand i've shared on
0: instagram before and i have yeah. some of her other ones i'm reading that she had some good stuff that i'm going to share too here dallas willard guy was that he said again And the Beatitudes are not a list of things to aspire to, but a pronouncement of God's blessing and all the people that the world thinks are missing out. And that would fit in again to Matthew's big theme of, of showing that the kingdom you think is for these people, but lo, this is really what the kingdom is for. Other people are inv- invited into it as well. Yes, we should strive to be humble, meek, strive for righteousness mm-hmm. and things like that. That is other uh, principles as Christians. Yeah, not we are like called. bad yeah. things
1: not to, to
0: yeah. seek after. And then Marty mentioned this is actually something he got from a listener of his podcast and he shared it. And I liked it. Marty liked it. So I'm going to share with you guys as well, <laughs> in case you don't go listen to the Bama podcast. The first half of the Beatitudes are more of like things that we all experience like internally. The poor spirit, mourning, humbleness, things that we all do in ourselves. And then the later half of it is more when you go out into the world and you go into the brokenness. You're going to see that you need to show mercy. You're going to you need to look to make peace at peace. You're going to be persecuted for doing something that's you know against what others say so he said that's more of like what you would face going out into that broken world mm-hmm. and he was mentioned it's going to be tough stuff like listen we saw persecuted we talked about already mm-hmm. it's mentioned twice here he also felt like for him the chiasm was more the first half paralleling the second half which i know Lori um touched up up on that earlier but he viewed it as the two center pieces being The mercy, which I know, Lloyd said as well, but he also looked at the thirst—thirst for righteousness—also to be part of that, and And I definitely can see those two definitely kind of go together. Yeah, as he was saying, the way you experience righteousness, the way you do righteousness in the kingdom, is by mercy, through mercy, and I think as Lloyd was saying, Jesus was. That's it. The greatest example of that. The disciples probably already had these certain people labeled. <laughs> Labels in terms of, like, I already mentioned all those different people from all those people, all those places coming together. Martin's like, these aren't people that would normally be hanging out at a barbecue together. <laughs> so he's like, the disciples are kind of like, what this, that person is, what are
1: they doing? Like, God wouldn't want it, you know, so Martin. And like, he's not just, you know, he's also healing someone yeah. and still talking to them yeah. about the kingdom of God. Yeah. So he's,
0: he's going to his disciples in a sense and saying, God has p- favor on these people too. God has favor on. When there is someone showing mercy god's favor on people who are merciful and peaceful he said this is what the kingdom of god looks like and this is what it's doing and what we're called to do as well and like i said like it's still got that element of us for us to do some of these things so it's a promote pronouncement of blessings of people we thought were actually not blessed by god or just made up knowing that you know matthew was being a tax collector he would be one of these people that people would have said oh he is no longer part of god's blessing no part of the story type of thing he would be that guy he's out of the kingdom but Matthew understands now the whole after being around Jesus you know he looked back and reflected and saw that he saw that the message Jesus was bringing was that the kingdom is for all people even these type of people mm-hmm. and I think that's something that we all got to be careful of to ourselves is not putting label on people but remembering the kingdom we offer it we share about Jesus to everyone we meet in our life
1: yep.
0: not something based upon what we think those people want to be one part of God's kingdom to show them mercy yeah
1: that's all real good I eh?
0: One other thing that Marty mentioned that it's interesting that persecution is mentioned twice, mm-hmm. and the second time it's mentioned there in verse 11, it says, You. As the one earlier was, Blessed are those who are persecuted. Here it's like, You. Mm-hmm. Remember who he's talking to? To his disciples us today that following him as well so he's pretty much saying people aren't going to like this message this Mm -hmm. new what this new kingdom is like god's favor rests on these type of people and it's also that the gentiles are um not outsiders anymore too they can be coming but isn't
1: that what the whole start of the bible was like yes god was the whole purpose was to save the all nations Mm -hmm. whole earth he just chose the Israelites to be the model in right. the Old Of how for the Lord. And so, yeah. but so you know, I guess he mm-hmm. was like, he's. I guess going back, trying to remind his Jewish people, like, hey, oh, remember the original from the start, the whole even well, says to save all nations. We were to be the light of all nations. Yeah, and so, even yeah, says that, that you were just let the
0: prophets were before you, and he's pretty much saying, it's going to be worth it. This is all what the prophets were talking about too, as well. Isn't same God, same same mission, and things happening. But he's reminding them that there's going to be hard work. and then then he goes into that and reminding them it's going to be hard. He's just told them that they're going to get persecuted. But remember, you are salt and light of the earth. And I like that reminder he said after that because he's like, so the work's going to be hard. But remember, you are the light. This is your mission. You are the hope of the world. Obviously, Jesus is the main hope that we're all pointing people to. But God uses people... To do it to bring about his work and so I, I, I really enjoyed sitting with that as well so Jesus like show them what kingdom looks like people won't understand it when you're being so merciful you know things like that but you have to show them so when they see it, they know what God looks like and it glorifies God because that's even what it says there. It's all about that. So that you may see, so they may see your good works, there in verse 16, and give glory to your Father in heaven. Show your good things you're doing. It glorifies God and I, because I I think sometimes some of us feel like, oh, we don't want to brag or stuff. Yeah, there's a, you need to check your heart how you're doing your attention behind it, but I do think there's a sense that we need to show how we are different because it glorifies God. Like why aren't you reacting like how other people are type of thing? Like we need to bring God's kingdom. I think you mentioned and even one of our John ones bringing, how can I bring kingdom in this moment? I think that's something that that definitely carries here in Matthew as well. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. I just, again, this whole kingdom, living in kingdom is a, is a side topic, Michelle, in and out of our... Daily lives yeah. are always coming in our minds, and I can fully understand all of it. Yeah. So,
0: more about the light yes, and salt. salt and- so, other things I got from Marty around this is the light of the world and standing on a hill. He says these are two phrases Jesus uses on purpose. The people of God are the hope of the world. And Jesus plans on being the hope of the world by working through his faults, like as I was saying. At
1: the end of his great commission, it's like, go out. Yeah. Go out like, to the world.
0: I taught you this. <laughs> uh, you walked with me. That's what the disciples. They literally walked with them go. to live them. Now you go do And this. he's like, okay, so now you can go and do it. You can go be the lie of the world. And I forget, to be honest, I, I thought I wrote it down, but I don't see it. Marty went over a little bit more of why Jesus used those two phrases of the lie of the world and sitting city on a hill. I think it did some old testament reference i'm not sure why i didn't write it down i guess maybe i thought i would remember it so that interests you make sure again you this is from episode 94 of his season three bama podcast if you want a little little bit more about about that you get to show people the kingdom what it looks like and they will see your good deeds and glorify god god has always been looking for partners remember that's something i know the bible project brings up a lot too God wants to partner That was why he created us, to partner with us, to bring... To do it together. To make, and to make his creation even better. It wasn't perfect at the start, but he, he used us to help bring... And I think that's just
1: quite amazing. And, and uh, he still wants to be using us yeah, to bring... To exactly, do it even though how much all of us still mess up. Yeah. So
0: God yeah. has chosen to redeem the world through people choosing to put him on display in a world of chaos. And I, I love that. So
1: another. These house, are big things we encourage you we to really sit, sit with. with, with God and go if you remember I was,
0: was, was going to continue on with this teaching of Jesus we talked about even though the original Bible studies around this it was a lot of the heart stuff I mean all this is all of us to reflect yeah when people are around me am I reflecting God am I being merciful and I mean it's definitely a check-in for myself for sure so do they find a glimpse of God remember this has always been God's plan that we've kind of touched up on here already
1: a few things that I learned when I studied again were understanding again salt and light the salt has been used by Jewish people as a highly significant element Leviticus has it, Numbers, Second Chronicles, Second Samuel, Isaiah. So again, it's heavily enriched into the um, Old Testament, this idea of salt. Mm-hmm. Salt represents the covenant with God. Can see a deeper meaning to this passage then. If some, if that salt to them represented the covenant with God, you can then see too, like, hey, this you are now the salt of the earth. Like there's again this new covenant with Jesus and now we are the salt of the earth. So I like, again, sitting with that Mm-hmm. deeper message of, yeah, no, I'm still sitting with this whole yeah so yeah. something I know I, I'm still sitting with myself yeah, a so more not, things again I told you I still try to understand this salt stuff but I also learned that the depleted salt must be replaced with new salt so that's interesting to mm-hmm. sit with if that's in, symbolic to the old testament into the new testament on um, on terms of and that we're not trying to do any replacement theology but I'm just trying to figure know, out yeah. the storyline here so you know the Israelites oh, and what things stood for right stuff, and the Israelites yeah. were the chosen people in the old testament not saying they're not a significant in the New Testament or happening now, not at all, but the, just the, it's interesting, this thing, like they depleted salt must be replaced with new salt, if you think about it. Like salt, you can't make salt, like I said, get slaver back, make it be salty again. So what even says there, it's no longer good for anything. must be thrown throw out. out. So just, just interesting because then later on, you know, like, and then the temple destroyed, like... It just seems like there was something bigger, significant, maybe, that Matthew was hinting at. Um, Also, our vote if we have lost our saltiness, then it's time to dig into God's Word Mm -hmm. and we get back that salt in our lives, in a way. Yeah, I think it also
0: can be like, like, remember who you are and and the story you're part of, even. And
1: you're under this new covenant with Jesus, in Jesus, through Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And then I also made note of, um, it gives time time picking back up what Michelle said, and as Christians, we should be different than the rest of the world mm-hmm. we should be encourager encourage people of their convictions of their sins in nice loving ways and, and encourage them for their need for god also salt causes thirst which i find interesting which causes people to search for water to satisfy that thirst which i find i like that reference especially now that we're also in, in the current site john where there's a lot of uh, water and thirst, talking there.
0: I, I just found some other more notes I had from Marty. Doing good works is good, as Jesus even saying here it glorifies God. That is you being salt and light is by you doing good things to glorify God. Mm-hmm. So you need to know what this meant for them in the context he said. You can't know what it means for us until we know what it meant to them. And I know that's something when we're trying to get better, uh-huh. I just remember, <laughs> like, don't bring what we think it means or what we heard someone else means. Like, no, what did really the audience, original audience mean? And it takes time. It takes work to kind of find good resources on that. And we'll be honest. Yeah, same. It's it's difficult. He said salt in the ancient world, salt was incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. And i thought this was really interesting so for them to hear this that you are salt he's pretty much saying you are valuable, valuable. love that and it's like a was we saying earlier it's like to remind them of who they are and whose they are and under this new covenant yeah.
1: done by jesus yeah.
0: so this is to help us see that we are valuable to god so we need to live in this worthiness not from the lies of the world and I, and it goes back to if jesus is bringing in this new kingdom that's different than the world we got to remember that that we're going to hit lies and we need to know. I am valuable because there's some people to say who don't agree with you. They're going to give you a hard time for what you're saying, and and what you stand be persecuted, up for.
1: So you need to be reminded that yeah, you know, you're still valuable even though you Yeah. Gonna so persecute. definitely
0: to keep remembering who you who you are and that you who you who that God values you. And then the light of the world. So light is an already rabbinic discussion on it, I guess, Marty was saying. I also made that that light is a theme that runs throughout all of scripture. Oh, this yeah, whole essence for sure. of light. Yeah. And he said for the first place that light mentioned where is it first mentioned in the bible light genesis creation yeah so in the beginning god separated light from darkness and so he marty was saying so he feels like jesus is saying now it's our job word our job is to call out the light he says not always point out the dark in people and in other places the light look for the light and to me that goes back to if we view every person as made of god's image there is something in them that we should see that they are valuable to God. And we help them yes. see that they're valuable to God and help them see the light. If you're only pulling
1: out their dark stuff, they so may not- Side note on that as a parent, for anybody who's a parent watching this, it helps that concept with parenting. So I have to catch myself when your kids are acting out, it is hard just to yell, not to yell at them or just call out what's, mm-hmm. what's going wrong. Instead of seeing, oh like, yeah, you're being very persistent. You're not giving up for fighting for what's right, and so you can then slowly takes again. Kind of Jesus said oh, like, later on, like the narrow road, like <laughs> slowing down and pulling out the good in your child, the gift that's just being misused because of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but pulling that out, and I what I tell you guys, when I have done that with my daughters, have taken the time to slow down and really see the gift that's being just misused. It's really has lightened their eyes. It has given them, I feel like this, again, spark and re- resonance to that. like, oh, wow, okay. And and so, that, like,
0: we're not saying, like, and Amari too was saying, like, it's not saying you can't call out when there's someone's being wrong and things like that, but I think it's whether well, that's all you do yeah. and you don't ever remember the light, that you're called to be the light, to help other people to the light and things like that. So I think that's just something to sit with. You also just mentioned God's rules are there for us because they reveal God's nature. So following his rules, we put God on display. This is how we take the light to dark places. As a community, we do this. Remember, I know the Jewish people really are more community, and that's what we want to be as a church. And Lord, I pray that we all get that back to remember. We're all in this together. We're not no different than you. We're no better than you. Just (laughs) anything like that. We're, We're in this together as a community to understand God's word and to be the light he calls us all to be and what that really means. So again, as a community, we do this. That's why, like I said, a city on a hill it's like a person on a hill He said, a city on a hill, you know. And also what we're called to be holy. Holy means what to be set apart. So it's all these references that make you,
1: that you're different than the rest of the world. And people will be attracted to that. They will be. And I also may note that not only is light is a big theme throughout scripture, but also light, I learned, was also used a lot in the prophecies related to the Messiah. So again, you see so much of Matthew here really tying in from the Beatitudes stuff to all of this as well. He's helping them, us and their, his original audience to relate uh, and see Jesus fulfilling a lot of these yeah. mess- messianic things. I just like sitting with that more. And again, this is God's story, learning about Jesus and what he came to do and who he is. Um, so again, by Jesus telling his disciples, you are the light of the world. Therefore, Jesus was teaching them of the character of the followers of the Messiah, kind of picking back off what Michelle said, like you should be different. Um. Because that's, I mean, if you think about it, if we
0: focus on the light, helping others see the light themselves, in a sense, they're getting to know God that's god god is light god is good and it, it it takes a lot of work it's not going to happen overnight for any of us and i think that's just we do this bible studies remind ourselves of that and we talk about it,
1: continue meditating god's word to remind ourselves of that yeah. i feel i also learned light again is, is used a lot in the new testament as well in philippians two fifteen, it talks about so along the lines we become christians we are born again born into a new life of truth and light Jesus shows his light through our lives to others, which I find Mm. beautiful. And also Paul writes a lot about this, his light, light in his writings. So really light, what does light do? It drives away the darkness to reveal. So I think we kind of talked about that probably in our first Bible study as well. Okay, so we're going to move down
0: now to verses 17 through 20 about uh, Christ coming to not abolish but to fulfill the law. And this is the part that I would say really got me. Like, oh man... This is really cool and I, I did have a different I maybe wrong understanding of it first time so word abolish we all have the wrong understanding and same with fulfill in terms of you need to understand what we, like i was saying earlier understand from a jewish perspective when they heard those words what would they think so jesus is saying i have not come to invalidate what has been enforced which they also viewed as you that means you violated the torah abolish also mean that you just have violated the torah so they had 613 laws and then they created a lot more around that because they didn't want to break those. So they created ones around it to make sure they didn't break God's laws. So the law helps us be light and show our love for God. When we live it out, we show the world who God is. We live differently because of his love and our love to him. This is about who we are being more than just following rules. So again, more about the Jesus came to fulfill. It's not about prophecy. Uh, Marty was saying a lot of people make this be about prophecy. And a lot of people say that Jesus did the law, so we don't have to do anything now. And he's like, that's, again, yeah. totally not... So article I read, that they like, people have abused that whole yeah. grace thing. Like yeah. I said, I feel like I had a little bit of that too. Not to a full degree, but I, had a, I would say I was like, oh, wow, I think I might have had a little bit of that running in my mind for sure. Mm-hmm. So he said, when a rabbi talks about fulfilling and abolishing... It means so fulfilling for to so to fulfill it. So I told you what abolish was, so you didn't quietly follow Torah, so that's what it all it means. <laughs> Doesn't mean that it's exploded and it's no longer good, yeah, it just yeah. means that. So fulfilling, he said, yeah, I said it's like it's not like it's been done away with, right? And uh, so fulfilling is I'm interpreting it correctly. So Jesus playing by him saying I'm fulfilling, it means I interpret the Torah correctly, mm. and you have to, yes, know it. But Barney said, so there is this mind-heart connection that's a lot in the Bible. So you do need to have some, like, stuff in your mind. Like, God gave us brains to think and stuff. But he said you also have to live it out. So I guess that's what really fulfilling means is that I understand the inter- true interpretation and I'm gonna then live it out. I'm gonna show you the true interpretation. I'm gonna so walk by it out. So being
1: saved by Jesus, already being saved under his grace and love, you should be. want to, because now they'll have the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, Spirit to be able to follow go in his steps. And
0: that's also what a disciple is. A disciple, that's one thing I got from her book too. It's like They literally meant to copy what your rabbi did and think about it, it's what the disciples were so closely with them and then they all are teaching all of us to do the same and so i think that's just something we all need to really sit with and sit with that jesus when he says fulfill doesn't mean we have no part in it anymore we have a big part in it like i said it's, if you go back to what we've just been flowing on and then he gives us all these other ways to live he's showing us he's teaching us and he lives it out showing us and then that's why i said we have the holy spirit to be able to do it too so i think that's just something we all just really need to slow down and like these check in with ourselves. Okay. In your own time with the Lord. We're not pointing any fingers, we're just again showing what we learned, what this means, and we all can take it to God ourselves. Yeah. So again, you walk needs to match what you actually actually interpret the law so if you don't do this that would be called abolishing like i was saying if you're not if you misinterpret something you don't walk it out correctly that would be what they would call abolishing them jesus saying i've come to take the books of moses the teachings of moses i've come to walk them out correctly purely without mistake right in front of you i'm showing you how to read your bible correctly not just with your mind but read it with your mind and your life, your actions. And I know that's something I also learned from that girl's book. The word hearing too, in a Hebrew sense, meant that you hear it, you hear what you believe, and then you believe it, and then you act it. All in one word. So I just think that's a lot of us. I know I didn't know that. So I love that. That That is what fulfillment is. Is that Jesus is saying, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to show you how. And I just think that's beautiful. So this is, this is how the law, how God... Is always meant, Marty got that said that quite a few times. A lot of people think again, Jesus came here and he upped the amp, he made it even harder for all of us like, not just murder now, now it's anger. And Marty's like, No, Jesus is saying, Always been about the deeper issue, that's how it's always been intended. It's always you, you guys should have understood it, but they didn't. They just took it as, Oh, I didn't murder someone today, so I'm
1: good. He's like, No, it's more than that. Yeah, I have like kind of there in verse 20, it's in verse 21. He's um, yeah, talking about kind of like the sixth commandment. So he skips the first five commandments because they deal with your relationship with God. Here we see Jesus is focusing on a person-to-person relationship, which to me is a lot Mm. what, after studying all this again, like you see more of that, like what Jesus is heavily getting at through all these teaching is our relationship with one another. Knowing, I think that reminding us already that we're the salt and light of the world. Then he goes into deeper to help us, help us know to how continue to be, to be the yeah. salt and the light of the world. How and to so, be different? Yeah,
0: yeah. I definitely feel it's something. Lord, i morning. We talked about that. Like, the shalom It's important. Like even with that, the mind, right? With the Torah, like you need to understand what God meant. But he then wants
1: you to, okay, do you believe what I meant? Go live. Go treat your neighbor like that type yeah. of thing. So, and I also learned like my New Living Translation always adds, but when Jesus said So I think that's why people might get. Oh, so he's changing it, he's not changing it. The the better translation, so I wish my Bible did that. Is mine says, but I tell you to, um, is and like and like use Michelle said, like this is what it kind of fully mm-hmm. meant, um, not just this. So, yeah, yeah. So, I just say like, he's not nullifying it, he is really validating it. Yeah, I also hear that Jesus is not teaching something that is outside Torah, instead,
0: showing how it was always should have been interpreted, showing this was what God has always was after. This is what it all, when he gave the law on Mount Sinai, this is, this was the same message was given. They just didn't take it that way. They misinterpreted Jesus like,
1: let me show you the right way to see it and to live it out. And also there, I made a note from one of the articles I read there in verse 22, talks about the dangers of the fires of hell. Uh, Jesus did do lots of warnings of judgment and stuff in throughout his, all of his writings. So he remembered, yes, he is he has the judgment side of him as well. And it's like the learning with the fire of hell, held to the and this, I believe in this translation is, it's a place outside the city gates, a place where the unclean from the city were exiled to. So the idea is like mm-hmm. what Jesus is maybe I'm meaning by that is that the place of judgment is outside the city, meaning unholy ones moved out of the holy place. One of the things I have around this, but I say unto you what Jesus is saying, the Torah is about
0: changing our heart and I do believe, Lord, and I did talk about that in our original Bible studies around these verses because I think that is a core thing that a lot of us can see right away. What Jesus did okay, is deeper than just the action. It's something else going on. Mm-hmm. So God God gave us the law to change who we are. And I'd like to deal with that too. Like that was what the Torah was even given him out sign. It was the same mission to make them different people, change their hearts, see others the way God sees
1: it. And so it's, I think even if it's a relationship today. with God and also the relationship yes. with other people, like right. I said too, starting at like kind of verse 23 on, it's you really see that Jesus is continuing to expound on this interpersonal relationships yep. with other people and yep. how he takes that seriously. Yeah, I got this from another pastor around those is that Jesus says you
0: shouldn't get angry, but sometimes you will, like he knows yeah. your will. And you're going to offend people. So he's pretty much with all this here, as the Lord was saying, like, just go make it right. It's important to make it right with others. You're important, and so are they. But he also, then he also goes in there in verse 25, you'll see that, though, not everyone, though, is going to be on the same page as you want to make it right. You keep trying. It's not what Jesus is getting right. But you keep trying. You keep trying to make it work right because it will be worth it. And he was saying, yes, though, it's a lot of work. And he's saying, yes, you might have to go to court and deal with it. Like So he was just, I think, showing us that the, the mission always was truly care for the person. To and make right with other people. Yeah, it's back to this, the relationship. This is about us with God, of course, but like we said, this is something I know Mario was saying a lot and some of the other pastors we listened to. It's also like community as people, how we're, how we're being God's people with each other. So this is counter to know how Jewish were thinking at the time. They thought Torah gives us to control us only on the outside. You either follow the Torah or you don't. They were devoted which is good. It's not legalism, like I said. Some people give them the Pharisees a hard time because they're so devoted. That's not bad. It doesn't mean you're legalism yeah. about it. Like I said, like they, they just
1: truly wanted to. Honor they just that they'll life.
0: focus more on on the outside stuff, which Jesus addresses, and a lot of these coming up. The outside stuff, don't do it on the outside. It's the inner stuff. So you know, so they had part of it right. <laughs> that devotion, they just missed kind of the deeper work on the inside. They were, we were almost too focused just on the check, check, check. I did this type of thing. Yeah. Another thing I got from Marty around this too, the anger and murder he was just saying god gave them the commandment do not murder so that through the torah they would learn or you would learn how to go and reconcile with your brother so it doesn't get to you know that point like it's always been kind of like that so he wants us to be proactive and not give up on reconciliation and it's all tied with do not murder because it's a heart matter you need to settle it before it becomes legal matters, though, before it gets even more. Moving on now to the adultery and divorce. Again, these are touchy subjects. Again, I think we can go back and do we need to make sure we're always and this is being compassionate being with, the with seventh people. Seventh
1: Commandment.
0: Yeah. So what I have around this is that even though divorce can happen, uh, this born passion bank it should be the last resort because really think about it most of people know that divorce brings
1: pain and again Jesus gave us that to protect us so we don't experience Mm -hmm. pain and hurt. I just wrote like Jesus knows us he designed us and he knows how all this works Mm -hmm. you know the marriage and everything works so he knows how emotionally it all functions yeah Yeah. and
0: and I know one pastor like you know they're all kind of tying off now then he said so if you have anger towards another person just imagine how that's going to affect all your other relationships now. Again, brought up in this podcast for now for the adultery. It's the same idea. Jesus didn't come and up the ante. It's
1: again. This is how it should always been. It's always been lust. Lust was always the issue. So learned that when he talks about the eye, there, you know, I learned that you can look at also Proverbs seven two through three it can maybe help with understanding this more because I wrote life is viewed through the pupil pupil of the eye and use Torah as your screen that you would view the life on. And this idea of pupil of the eye was very important to God, and, to the, and the Jewish people knew this from Deuteronomy 32.10 and Zechariah 2.8. So they knew when Jesus was teaching about the eye that he was referring to the Torah and living according to God's instructions. Yeah, mm-hmm. as Michelle said, like looking at the less was
0: at the heart. It's always been about that. And I also have note around this, that again, you should be able to recognize that a human being, these are another human being, you can't treat them like an object. They are
1: valuable and they're worth dignity and respect. So again, this is a this is a hard topic, we know, but I also yeah. know Jesus knows that too. Yeah. For so many of us. And just know whatever happened and if you're somebody watching has had some issues, like just know that yeah, there's grace, there's God's grace and God's love in action, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: we pray that people show you more mercy. Whatever background you're dealing with, whatever issues, we all have a little bit of all this going on in us too. Again, okay? we're all human. You know, they'll remember this beautiful Truth. essence of the original with yeah. God. And, and I, that's think what says, just, I think it's just like gentle reminders for all of us to remember like, it's about us being people. Like we're people it. to like, how are we are going to treat one another? Like that's what's bringing the kingdom is really how we're, how we're being as a person. It does start with us. That's why Jesus says... And then the judging one coming up the log, like, look at yourself first, this is about, and I think, I, was, I think it was Marty or another pastor mentioned, like a lot of this too is that. It's not you to go to someone else's, why are you being angry? It's, why am I being angry? That's really what it's about. It's to turn this all inward to and to run to God about it. These are all ideas that flow together. It's not to bring judgment to those that had divorce or deal with any of these things but it's about how are you
1: treating people, not just about the morality of divorce, but the kind of person you are becoming. We just felt these new insights that Michelle and I have been sharing of us taking a second look through all this stuff, knowing that we are definitely gonna be always readers and studiers of God's word um, as long as we are alive. And so this is just fascinates us. and. So much of this new stuff that like we just had to share yeah. it again with you guys and so again we hope that you have been a blessing yeah. but we're going Michelle's gonna end out this video here with you guys and hope- one part of it she talks again I told
0: you a string of pearls where they would say one thing it leads to others so she did bring up to the Beatitudes that Jesus was doing the same thing he was linking passages of Isaiah and Psalms which I know Ori did touch up on that and I liked how she was saying that each of these passages would have reminded the crowd of the, of the God's promises to rescue his faithful followers so Jesus was pulling these very scriptures to make one point god is faithful he cares for us and will bless us if we seek him even when life is painful so there's there's a lot more she says in her book uh not just around matthew but she does actually have a lot of Matthew in it again i got this after Lord and i filmed it there's just a little bit too much i could say didn't even know what to share because it's all just so good so i'm just gonna link this book down below again she has other ones too I do highly recommend you get them. They'll help you see and understand it from a Jewish perspective a little better. I plan to reread these a few times as
1: often as I can. I haven't Keep gotten it to read them room. yet. Michelle's been reading them, so I know I will be reading
0: them as And well. then Marty also has a book that I highly recommend yes. as well about asking better questions that it's okay to ask questions. You know, we don't get stuff Why is this in here. Why did Jesus say it like that? Those are good. It does dive you deeper into it. We've um, didn't complete chapter 5 in this bonus video. <laughs> We've been
1: talking so long. We're like, well, we should stop. Yeah, so we're gonna uh-huh.
0: just gonna edit here and then we'll pick back up, finish out five. Continue on the 6 we'll see if we make it all the way through 7 in another video or it might be one more. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see yes. you in the next bonus Matthew <laughs> Bible study. And we again, we appreciate you for sticking around. I know these videos are long, we just we just felt like everything through. was
1: important to say because it just touched us and we hope it God speaks to you as well. That's, that's right, so if you got something out of today's Bible study and excited for the next one, make sure to give mm-hmm. this video a like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any uh, Bible studies. That are coming your way. And love you guys so very much. We hope you guys have a very blessed day.